reconnect over there. We're good, man. We're going. All right. What's going on? Hey, what up? What up? Hey, YouTube world. You know what it is? It's your boy downtown, Jeremy Brown. Got my girl, Sheila, here. We're chilling with uh, Kyle Forrester. Uh, thanks a lot, man, for having us come in tonight. Absolutely, buddy. Good to see you. It's been a long time. Yep. Well, so, a couple of days, but before that, it was a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was. So the funny thing is, uh, we met uh, throughout the fighting, through fighting, and now we come back, and uh, it's actual fight night. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of cool. Some UFC fights. Ooh, can I use one of these? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to put it all on this yep. one. Good idea. Whatever the uh, table is at your disposal, you help yourself. All right. This is kind of, I don't know, try it. We got the hookup here. <laughs> um, what is yeah. this called? Uh, this is Pink Whitney. So, so we were we were talking about that Chucky doll a minute before we started. Oh yeah. Um, and I was saying how it kind of scares the shit out of my kids. Well, uh, you guys are old enough to remember. Do you remember the My Buddy dolls? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Those they they were like they were what happened before they was like the idea for Chucky. Well, I had one when I was a kid, and it used to scare the shit out of me. So I put it inside of my closet in my toy box. And every night before I would go to bed, I would run out here and throw it in the garage. And every morning I would wake up and it'd be back in my fucking toy box. And for years I couldn't figure out like what the hell, like what the deal was with it. We were over here having dinner with my grandparents one night and uh, we brought it up. And my grandma's like, yeah, I don't know. I kept finding it in the garage and I kept putting it back in your room every night. So oh. she, yeah, just generational terror. For like 20 years and she had no idea wow oh well you know i had one too my grandma picked it up at the goodwill and brought it home and when i got old enough and moved out uh, i actually took it with me and then when we had kenzie um it was buried and one day i pulled it out and same thing with her she was terrified and uh we'd occasionally tormentor with it uh i guess you could call me a mean dad or whatever but oh, oh no that that chucky doll six months from now is gonna be in one of my kids beds when they wake up oh, that's creepy. Like, i'm for sure gonna scare the shit out of it it'll be kind of weird if it really got up and walked around this <laughs> they swear the eyes move on it like they'll be out there and they'll be like did you move it no i know i feel like it's looking at me does it does it have like you can put batteries in it and it will talk? I don't I don't think so. I think it's just the doll, but I don't want to screw up the packaging to open it because it's in the original Good Guy box. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It I um uh, I got it at one of those pop up Halloween shops. Mm -hmm. It was the last one. I was like I put it down and I was like no I got to get it. <laughs> I was like I have to have that one because I'm staple. real yeah yeah I'm real well I'm real big on like Halloween anyway. Yeah. So like if you if you come by like near Halloween, this whole room is decked out nothing but Halloween stuff. And I'll open up the garage door and actually have like a little set. And then can walk up to the table right here and grab candy and stuff. So like I do the whole. Oh, you open the garage. Yeah. Door yeah, and then, yeah. Okay. And then, and so this is my area. Like I'll put a table like right there and then I'll just kind of hang out and drink and do my thing. Yeah. And just hand out candy and just have a good time. Like Halloween's my all time favorite holiday. Like Christmas be damned. Like. <laughs> yeah we like halloween too we do uh a lot we did a lot this last halloween didn't we we went out and got special outfits and uh we uh we even went to the graveyard and <laughs> we shot a little video in there it was kind of fun so i i like halloween as well yeah but my son braxton he was crying the whole time in the graveyard he wanted to go i'm like nobody's here uh, which one do you go to the one in bristol yeah 
Have you been to the one in South Bend, the Primrose one, the Adam Street Cemetery? Uh, no. That was pretty creepy. It's just old. Really? Yeah. I've got a bunch of video that I shot there where like you roll up and it's just like this old like rough iron gate. Like it, it looks pretty cool. But that's the one where uh it was supposed to be like a haunted road in South Bend, but they've since paved it and kind of got rid of that. But I, I enjoy uh going through like random spots like that. Like you've been up to what's supposedly Al Capone's house up to Purgatory and all that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that whole I like, live right area. by there. That whole area right there is pretty cool. Yeah. We used to run around there. I don't know how nobody shot us as kids because we had to be wandering through people's yards. It's dark as hell back there too. So like if you go at nighttime, you're guaranteed to be pitch black and you can't see the hand in front of your face. Right. And then you hear all the spooky sounds from the woods. All right. Uh, this is my favorite hypnotic. So give it a smell. See if I'm accurate with that. Let Sheila smell it. It's, it's, the smell's off. Man. It's got a, like a blue raspberry smell. But it's got like I a can... blue. It's got like a blue cat pee smell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to describe it. That's as close really to cat pee it. as you're gonna get cat with a delicious piss. drink. <laughs> I wouldn't even like I said I wasn't aware that they still made those. Yum, so good. Do you, do you want this? You... Yeah. What's that? Let's see how it tastes. It might taste better. I like it straight too. Yeah, this is a cute bottle though. <laughs> this might be like the third time I've got out a bottle of this size. So. Who else likes Hypnotic? I absolutely love Hypnotic. And uh, what was the other one called? The pink one that was the competitor to this. Mm. I can't. I don't think. remember, but wasn't that the one that had all the shiny shit in it? Like you could swirl the bottle and see all like the... Oh, you're talking what? about uh, Goldschlager. No, it wasn't Goldschlager. It was, it was like Hypnotic, but it was like it was red and you could swirl it and it had like glitter in it. Really? Yeah. I don't remember it. it. Yeah, we used to... It's Red kids. and glitter? That yeah. just goes together, man. Right. <laughs> but as cool. kids, I think we used to ingest a lot of stuff that we probably shouldn't. Like, I'm pretty sure I ate plastic out of the Aftershock thing, like, more than once. Oh, yeah. They say it's rock candy. Some people say it's plastic. I'm not sure. I remember the rock candy at the bottom. And well, if see, that was plastic then that's but uh, the problem was is you've already drank a whole bottle of alcohol before you get to the plastic so how the hell do you know if it's plastic or rock candy true <laughs> you're, you're just along for the ride at that point right Here, just give it to me god <laughs> damn it, it tastes good it's candy <laughs> you got cinnamon flavored plastic chunks oh let's go with some more because that red yeah that red drink from taco bell was yeah that one was questionable and then gold gold slider we used to drink that too i don't know why i think we thought it was cool because it had little gold chunks in it. It didn't taste good. Like mint. Yeah, it was definitely had some mystique to it, you know, as a kid. Yeah. Everybody thought it was cool just because of the gold slog or the gold flakes. Yeah, they're Yeah, I don't know. Gold paint probably can't be good for you either. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I I mean any of it's better than MD twenty twenty though. Oh, I remember uh MD twenty twenty as well. Mad Dog 2020. Any flavor you want, they got it. <laughs> yeah. And you're guaranteed to throw up if you drink it. Every time. Worst headache ever. Cheap. Cheap as hell. I think it was like a dollar yeah. and a half maybe. If you were on a budget, yeah, you were good to go. I used to get that, and I used to get uh, Boone's Farm 
all the time the little bottles of strawberry balloons for him. Oh yeah. We used to go up to Osco's and buy those by like the case. And uh, when we were even younger than that, we figured out that they, as soon as they would go bad, they would just set it out in cases by the dumpster so we could just go collect it and just bring it back to the house. (laughs) So, yeah, we always kind of had that on tap. So who do we got fighting next? Uh, I'm not sure who's next. The the card wasn't that great. There's a Holly Holm fight. Um, The fight that I really want to see is Macy Barber and Andrea Lee. Um, that was kind of the. You like Macy Bar- Barber? No, I like Andrea Lee. Oh, yeah, I'm a huge Andrea Lee. Fan. I don't know who she is. KGB, you don't know her? Uh, Where's cowboy ring, hat, little ring, blonde chick? It don't ring the bell. <laughs> Does she come out with the crowd? Oh yeah, hat? every time. Damn, this TV screen's good, man. Yeah, I want to drag the one from the living room out here, but Mandy will let me. <laughs> How big is that one? 65. Oh man. Oh. And it's it looks way better. It's brand new. So yeah. that looked badass right here. Yeah, it, I mean that one's big enough. I'd have to mount it. I couldn't just get away with the stand. Yeah. Man, that guy looks tan. Yeah. I keep yeah. up on him. What do you uh what do you think of uh Connor and Michael Chandler? Oh, I can't wait for it. It's gonna be fireworks. I, I wanna I wanna say that I think Connor gets mauled, but every time I say that, he makes me look like an ass. So we'll see. I'm a huge Michael Chandler guy. I think Connor's gonna uh he's got so much explosive power, he's gonna be so much bigger than uh Chandler. I really do think that uh he's gonna explode and hit him with something big and take him out early. That very well could be. That seems to be how I'm hoping that he his fluctuation in weight and it's been a couple years, like maybe he won't do my guy dirty like he did, Cowboy. Cause I didn't enjoy watching that one at all either. No, I like Cowboy. Cowboy's got the, the good guy uh theme going for yeah. himself. He he's got a good personality and he's just lovable, likable, so I've always liked Cowboy, and now I think he might be going to boxing. That, that'd be something. Yeah, he always had really good stand-up. So. I don't know where he's at losing that, that kick to the head, though. That's what put people down. Yeah, he's been through some wars, and actually the last few fights, uh, he took quite a bit of damage. So, uh, yeah, I'd say stay out of fighting, and he's got a career. Uh, he's also doing movies now. Yeah, I seen he had a, like a western or something that he was in. Yeah, so that might be his next thing. Yeah. I hope he sticks with it because uh, I'm sure it's going to be good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to see that too. Well, uh, hopefully they put him in something that's like a decent budget though, instead of like this B-rate film where it just kind of goes by the wayside. Nobody sees it. Yeah, they have a bad habit of putting good MMA fighters into stuff like that, like. I think Rich Franklin was in like a Universal Soldier three or something like that. Him and Andre Arlovsky. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's seen it. <laughs> but Rich Franklin's my all time favorite fighter. Like that's my dude. And I was excited to see he was in a movie until I seen the movie. And then. So what about uh, these AI movies now? Have you seen any of the AI movies on Netflix? They're coming out with a bunch of them. There's actually like two of them that her and I watched that was decent, but. They're kind of hard to swallow at first because their uh, lips doesn't match the voice. You're talking uh, movies that they've shot with they, AI? They're foreign. No, they're foreign movies, but 
they actually bring them over here and they make their lips move oh. to other people's voice. Okay, where they dub like Squid Games, where they like dub over and like. Yeah. I haven't watched many of them, man. Like I'm a I'm a huge like, edu- I'm an audio guy. Yeah. So like, if the words in the like it doesn't match up, I'm like, um, then I'll shut it off <laughs> right away. It's kind of weird. Like I can't I can't do it, man. And like I can't. It's not kung fu theater. Like I could do it as a kid with Bruce Lee movies and stuff, man. Where like they. He'd talk for a half hour, and then the subtitles would say "thank you." <laughs> but, but that was a little bit different scenario. But I, uh, I thought you were talking movies about AI. No, no. like that—that's scary. No, like, there's a lot of um, movies now that are coming out. They're foreigner movies, and they actually just dub over it. And and uh, we watched two of them that were good, and then we tried like two others, and just couldn't get past like halfway through the first episode or something yeah the market's huge for that though i did see like a bunch of horror movies and stuff like netflix has like a whole bunch of them like because i'm one of those that i'll scroll through like every movie on netflix before i pick a damn movie mm-hmm. and i'll be scrolling through i'll be like seen it seen it seen it seen it seen it and then i'll get into stuff and it's like a foreign film it's like yeah like dubbed over and i'm like ah, i went too far <laughs> I've, I've been scrolling for way too long it mainly gets mad at me too because nine times out of ten I'll fall asleep looking for a movie <laughs> instead right. of actually picking one. I uh yeah, we got the same problem because I'm super picky with movies. Uh I like action movies. Uh I mean actually I don't have a set kind of movie that I like, but I am very picky. I hate the movies where they're like really slow in the beginning. That's when we like don't watch it the rest of the night. Cause it's like it gets it takes forever to get to like the fun part. Yeah, <laughs> I also have that problem too. Like in the first seven minutes, if it doesn't grab my attention, I'm snoring. Right. Like I'm done. Like I'm out for the day. Like that's my like if I it's time to go to bed. Like you put on a movie, and then just drift hey, out. But The Last of Us, we just gave that one a chance. It was slow. That's one of the movies that we gave it a chance. Everyone was talking about it. And I said, let's just keep on going and it ended up paying off. It was definitely a good movie, but it drags you on like the scenes, you know, how normally those, sh- well, the scenes too, uh, they did have hour and a half episodes, but the scenes, instead of like little short clips, they're actually, they show a lot of it. So yeah. it, it's kind of dragging you on instead of walking through, shows them walking through the field, uh, like one second clip. And then it shows them in the city, you know, instead it shows them walking all the way through the field. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one was really good though. Like I heard like episode two, like three, like it starts to get really, really good. Yeah. I, uh, it's based off a game. Yeah. PlayStation. Yeah. And, uh, so I definitely want to check it out, man. But I, I have the attention span of a gnat. So, like, <laughs> I don't do well with the hour-long format because I'm kind of like, oh, you can't watch two, you can't watch three. Like, so I'm a big, like, I find myself watching a lot of, like, old comedy sitcoms, like, more than anything else. Are you serious? I can't watch them because of the graphics. The graphics suck on them. You can tell they're an old movie or an old show. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of them. But I, man, I grew up with my grandparents, dude. I was watching episodes of I Love Lucy in like, 1995. Oh, like, that's all we watched in the house, man. That was in black and white. So anything past that, I'm good to go. I know it. I mean, I, I'd come in and my grandpa would be half cocked with a Budweiser next to him, smoking a cigarette, laying on the couch watching The Lone Ranger with all the lights off. There'd be no lights on in the house. 
and she still asks me to this day like she's like why is all the lights off i'm like this is how i grew up i don't mind sitting around with no light that's how you watch the lone ranger <laughs> right <laughs> my kids get mad at me man because i got a it's like a nostalgia thing though like so i've got a uh a movie it's an old john wayne movie it's called el dorado and it is one of my favorite movies of all time just because i watched it a lot with my grandpa as a kid and it's the most entertaining out of john wayne's terrible movies <laughs> so like i don't watch any other ones but like i watch it like i don't know every, every three four months i'll watch it and the kids get so mad at me because they're just bored to death so you're basically turning into an old person i yeah i think like i i advanced 20 years living with my grandparents so you're like an old soul yeah i guess <laughs> it, well i mean i'm watching john wayne movies so yeah maybe so is this bigger than the other one or is this this smaller. is this is the same setup like the same area but i built the wall so last time you were here the wall wasn't here and it was just the entire garage so i was here yeah yo yeah yes i thought you meant the uh house where we used to roll yeah no it's a different house the house with the mats and stuff was the the uh the old house was off of goshen avenue downtown i knew it i told her i said it was right in the ghetto yeah no we've moved on up <laughs> we're out of there but that other house was so much cooler, man. It was it was twice the size of this one. Yeah. But when my grandparents passed away, they left me the house, and I was, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move back. He said that we were supposed to park in the back. No, you could park wherever you want, man. No, I told, I was messing with her. Oh. I was like, because last time uh, my car got vandalized, I said we gotta park in the back so no one messes with our car. She was like, "Well, I'm not going." <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, we're in gym, we're in the Jimtown district. This is not. There's not a bad neighborhood in the Jimtown district. Yeah. You been here long? Uh, well, yeah. I most of my life I lived here with my grandparents until I was 16, and then I moved out until I was 24, and then back, and I'm 35 now. So oh, I've lived right. here the majority of my life. Just a couple odds and end apartments and houses and stuff. Like when we were younger, but yes. I told her, I said this because, you know, she don't know this side of town. She don't even know anywhere around here because she's from St. John. So um, I told her, I said, well, this ain't too bad. You know, this <laughs> this is out of town, kind of. Um, and but I knew someone else that lived back here, too, um, and used to come over here. So. Yeah, it's all farm kids over here. There used to be a couple cops that lived in here as well. Is there any cops that live in this neighborhood? Um, I don't, I don't know. I never get in trouble, so I don't think so. You're not paying any extra for rent, are you, for having a cop down the road? No. No, I, um, I, I'm not sure if they still live in here or not. The last ones that I knew over the Lundgrens used to live down the street from here. Mm. And I know they're they're a police family, like they're all police officers. But uh, no, and it's a quiet neighborhood. There's not a lot goes on here. Sugar Sean O'Malley. What do you think about him beating Peter Young? Man, I love Sugar Sean. Uh, he's got a nice little podcast. Um, he does good. He he's good for the sport. He's like the next Conor McGregor, but he's doing his own thing. He's the Sugar Sean Show. The Sugar Show. What do you think about that man, Henry Cejudo? Yeah, so him and Aljamain Sterling are fighting next, and I just hope something goes wrong because I know Sugar Sean's stepping up. 
neither one of them won any Henry Cejudo. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's already set. Aljamain Sterling and uh, Henry. Yeah, but that could that could easily change. Yeah, I think uh, if anything, it'd be Aljamain. Something happening with him. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm surprised that he's held the belt as long as he had. He's tough. I, he, he is tough. He's super tough. He's good on the ground. And he is like, tough, but I thought he would I thought he would lack in the hands when he was good on the ground and he'd run into somebody with they'd give him some problems. If he gets you on the ground, he's gonna lock you up and once he gets that triangle wrapped around you, you're done. Yeah, but I don't think he does that to Cejudo. Yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to see. But I guess you know you put a wrestler on his back. It's the worst worst place for them to be. Yeah, it's just exciting to see Henry come back. You don't even know how he's gonna fight. I'm sure he's gonna be a badass, of course. Yeah, it's it's crazy. There's a lot of stuff that kind of got uh, shaken up here. Different titles and stuff. Like uh, Izzy losing. Yeah. John Jones getting the belt at heavyweight. Yeah. Not, who'd seen that coming? That's awesome too. I like John Jones. I do too. I do too. I hope he has a from here on out in his career a good ending. He can drop you know all the the poems and just the the BS and kind of get past all that. Because I do do honestly think he is one of the most talented fighters of all time, if not the. Oh, yeah. I mean, he fought all the best, and he wiped out everybody, and he made it look easy. Yeah, he – one of his most impressive things I ever seen was uh, he when he choked Lyoto. Yeah. Just choked him out and dropped him. You know, he's got long limbs, and he moves around good. Uh, he's very strategic. And um, he, he game plans like no other. So definitely he's got all the tools and uh, he comes from a, like a championship bloodline, so to speak, you know, with his brothers being football players Absolutely. and stuff. So he's just got like talented embedded in him. I, uh, I heard he wasn't the tough one growing up either. Oh, really? So that, you know, that might say something because he got his ass beat by his bigger brothers all the time. So what's that going to do? It's going to make you an animal. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he puts a hurting on both of them now, though. I don't know. Those are some big boys. Yeah, it's interesting to see, but, you know, depends on how long he sticks around, too. You know, why would he want to stick around instead of just get a couple fights in uh, the heavyweight, become the greatest of all time, the most wins ever, undefeated? Um, even that loss that he had from a knee. Matt Hamill. Yeah. Uh, the 12-6 elbows. Yeah. Um. And yeah. actually, Matt Hamill, I think, end up getting that loss back because yeah, of, they uh, it's still it's still a win for Matt Hamill at this point. That's crazy. Yeah, they they were trying to overturn it. I I don't think it's I don't think it's a black mark though. You know, like everybody watched the fight, knows what happened, knows he was dominant, knows he was young at that point too, made a mistake. Um, I mean. I think he I think he only does like two or three fights at heavyweight though. I think if he if he beats Stipe, drops down, takes two oh five back and retires, he's the best of all time and nobody can say anything about it. So here's a theory. He fights until he finds that he's challenged because of his um, you know, undersize or whatever, or these guys are just too big. And then he pulls off a win, and then he quits after that. Maybe like GSP? 
yeah kind of had a rough fight against johnny Hendricks and then was out after that he's like well it's my time you know i can't stick around i've gotten too big and he can't go back down but where do you where do you draw the line like where do you stop well that's the thing because i i feel like anderson stayed too long yeah he did and you're right uh sometimes it's people in your ear that you got to depend on to say hey it's time to quit but then again who's gonna be that guy to say hey bro you're getting uh too old and you've taken maybe in some cases too much damage yeah i I mean i would say almost nobody leaves it a a good time i mean gsp but even they baited him back had it, I mean, you've seen he didn't stay. Like, he didn't want to fight Izzy. He didn't yeah. want to fight anybody at 85. He wanted to get the belt, get out. You know what I mean? Thought Bisbing was a good fight that intrigued him. Uh, Khabib, uh, I don't think Khabib ever comes back. Well, these people are about 10 years apart. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think Khabib ever comes back. I hope he doesn't because it'll be like a mystique behind his name. Love Bruce. I love Bruce Buffer. <laughs> the best in the game, man. He holds that long note. <laughs> Can't believe that guy buys a new suit for every one of these. He does? A brand new suit, and then he donates them afterwards. I was going to say, what to do with all of them? <laughs> oh, he'd have so many of them. Oh, my God. I mean, I think he started at, like, UFC 12. <laughs> How old is he? Do you know? He's in his 50s, I think. His late 50s. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not... Did you hear that story about him and Michael Buffer? You know, of course, they're brothers. Yeah. You know, they didn't know each other until later in life. Yeah. Like, that's insane to me. Yeah. I heard that story a couple times and it just, it's super interesting that they're both the best in the world at what they do and they're brothers and they didn't even know each other. So, which side do you like best tattoos? I think the other side's too dark. I like the left side. How the left one? Yeah. I can't tell what the right one is. Yeah, it's kind of like too black. Oh, let's see his back. Turn around, guy. Oh, it's not the same referee. I like the what's his name? Does he have a name that? The. Um, it is uh, Herb Dean. I think probably the. The black guy. The one that you know. Yeah. Oh, Herb Dean. Yeah. There's so many of them now. Even Frank Trigg is a referee. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. He's doing some of the UFC fights. Oh, it's like a, it looks like a clown. Thing. So you, uh, you ever, you ever get the itch? Well, of course. <laughs> I, uh, you've been rolling or anything at all? It's been a while, but, uh, I think I rolled like a month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, he did it in the summertime at volleyball with his what, nephew? With or? my nephews, yeah. <laughs> I get challenged every so often, um, you know, friendly challenge, friends, family, whatever, and I take it, and uh, it's fun. But, yeah, I always uh, think, man, what if I could just do one more time? That's the head. So <laughs> one more, and then one just... more is one more, <laughs> and then one more is... All right, maybe two more. <laughs> Wait, did yeah. Did you do it with Joel? 
Oh, uh, well, we, we, uh, we hit the mids. We didn't spar or anything, but, um, I've been sparring a little bit with clients that come over, uh, tomorrow. In fact, I got a new client coming, so that's going to be exciting. So I, I do, uh, like boxing lessons, uh, self-defense, uh, weight loss. Um, so I, I kind of still do some of the things I used to love and, uh, I got mats in my basement and stuff. You, you haven't been to my basement, okay? but it's changed up a little bit. And now I got mats in my basement. So I actually got a training facility downstairs. Nice. But do you remember the bar that we did our podcast? Yeah on and stuff you mm-hmm. brought your equipment that was cool as hell yeah that was a cool little spot like the uh you had that the big thing on the background the the wood piece yeah that said brown uh-huh. on it yeah yeah that was that was that all like live edge like yeah big, joel, thick. joel chapman made that for me nice joel made that and uh that's he, a name i haven't heard in a while yeah he burned it for me he burned it and then he uh put uh uh lacquer around it so that's how it got all shiny and it'll last forever that's awesome yeah i remember looking at it i was like oh damn that's dope it's a heavy piece it's heavy oh i bet it looks heavy (laughs) we do a lot of that stuff at work like big live edge tops and stuff like that oh really yeah and i don't like carrying them around that's not a good sign (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to do it often uh well unfortunately Generally, I do it almost every day. I, I'm uh, in charge of shipping and receiving, so I load all the trucks. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, I touch every piece of product that goes through that place. So, you pick up the slack for your people, too? Always. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I think that's that's part of the job. Yeah. So, you're a team player? You have to be. As annoying as it is sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, uh, is building your team up strong and getting them uh the best that they can be so it makes your job easy and that's not to say that you're trying to be a slacker or nothing but a good leader actually just builds the team up to be strong to support the floor so that you can do your stuff because the more time you have the more creative you can get to come up with uh ways to make their job easier and work on awesome shit if you get what i'm saying that uh yeah that would be ideal <laughs> are you stretched then oh like you wouldn't believe it's uh yeah it's just hard to get people and then uh you know i i say that it's hard to get so we would normally have three or four drivers and i've got three awesome guys that are amazing but that fourth spot is so damn hard for whatever reason to fill hmm. like just to i mean and the, and the three guys that i have working with me have been there for six seven years it's just that last spot really makes stuff tough yeah well is it um you got veterans that are there that uh kind of feel like they own the spot and when people come in they kind of feel like um you know it's hard to connect to the group that's already no, there this job is the most easygoing place are you serious i've ever worked in my entire life really absolutely mm-hmm. It is. I mean, that's why I've I've been there ten years, and I have no intentions of leaving. I mean, it's it's an amazing place. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's just that fourth fucking driving spot. <laughs> For whatever reason, man, I, I I don't know. So they're pretty evenly matched. 
yeah, there's some pretty good fights on this card. Um, it's it's getting to the point where they're getting so many people, though. I don't know everybody anymore. Yeah. So there's a lot of names that I don't recognize. And I seem like it seems like the best cards are the ones where you don't know anybody because they've got something to prove or whatever, you know, for whatever reason. They're they're putting it out there. So that's tonight. I mean, like there was potential fight of the year you guys missed before you got here. Oh, really? Yeah, I couldn't tell you their, their names, but it was a fight. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't uh at some point I wouldn't mind getting back into some jujitsu though. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the my whole thing. That was mostly what I was infatuated with. Like I'm good on getting punched in the head. That's yeah, not that great, <laughs> but I, I absolutely love jujitsu. I remember coming over to your house and rolling in the garage, and we still, I still have a picture. With do you remember that picture? Yeah, there was probably how many do you think? Probably 15 12, people, 15, yeah, 15 people that showed up. And we used to get groups like that all the time, and I can't for the life of me, I don't like there were so many people, like, I just didn't know. They would just show up to roll like all the time. And uh it was great though. Like everybody was always super chill. Like I never as many groups as we had out, I never had a problem with anybody. Oh really? Never. Huh. Never, never anybody never came back broken to my stuff, or nobody was ever like really mouthy or like just you know unruly or anything like that. Man, like everybody was just super cool. And it was really awesome because we, you know, that whole thing was really early in MMA, especially for like local. You know the local scene that was before sanctioning or any of that and uh i made a lot of friends man through that that i still talk to i talk to more people from like groups of guys that would come over to roll than i do anybody i went to high school with oh really oh absolutely hmm. i wonder if um i don't know why it's not connecting but it's going in and out it does uh, did it did it connect to my wi-fi Nice. Take that. Oh, got a uh -oh. submission. Wow. Oh. Oh. Nope, he's out. Oh. You got enough of that cat pee in you to have a pour? That's good bourbon, dude. What is it? Hi, Bank. They only make it, you can only get it in Ohio. Well, how did you get it? Order it? No, I got a buddy. Oh. Uh, he his, uh, his mom lives a couple doors down. And we grew up together. So he comes over every Christmas. And that's our thing. Like, we'll trade bottles of bourbon. Like, stuff that I can get here. And then stuff that he can get there. And then we'll just kind of pass them back and forth. So we've got, you know, different different stuff. Okay, here we go. Let's let's smell it first. Take a little bit. And so it's got a little burn. Whoa. <laughs> that's the stuff, wow. man. Just get you a little bit. Wow. Are you just drinking that? Yeah. Oh, on the... Yeah. yeah, he goes he goes hard. Just pour it in and sip on it. <laughs> goes hard. Good to see you, man. Yeah, nice chopping it up. Here we go. 
Oh, I missed it. Did he? Oh man! You're Look at that! No, no way. face, no nothing. You got to go all took all it like the a way trooper, to Ohio, for that nasty shit. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like lacquer. What just happened? Yeah, your glass was in the way. Yeah. Uh, are what you happened? serious? Yeah. Ooh, this one's sponsored by Jimmy John. What did he do? That way? Oh, dropped down, got him in a guillotine. Oh, you can't. There's no way to get out of it. Ooh, he got him arm in, too. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Wow. What was your favorite thing to put people in and just strangle them with? I like the triangle and the arm triangle. So from side mount. My favorite one is the Peruvian necktie. I didn't, it's hard to pull. I didn't get it very often, but when you got it, I I ended up on bottom so many times trying to pull that damn thing off. Yeah, that's a hard one to get. But like, uh, I guess if you feel pretty awesome after getting it, then the uh, payoff is right there because you know how hard it is. And when you can just sink one, it's like, okay, yeah, now we're winning, bitches. Yep, I'm uh, I'm too big to do that shit now, though, man. It was all in the when you cut the angle, it's all in that little leap to get your leg over the neck. Yeah, I'm too big for that shit now. <laughs> okay, who do we got up next? I don't know. See if we can Is see it still card. prelims? No, I think. Well, yeah, no, I think this. I think this might be main card starting right now, seven thirty. Are you serious? Is it already seven thirty? Yeah. Uh, the fight started at 4.30. Can you see us pretty good in there? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's just like it when I pulled it up. Yeah. Why? What happened? Did they have a baby? Oh, what kind of baby did they have? have a baby. Oh, there's no baby? I'm sorry about that. What happened? I thought they had a baby. Who are you talking about? <laughs> no babies. What kind of career do you think that would be being a referee? Do you think like you have to have a day job besides that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when you get to this level and you're doing big show, oh, it's all through the commission. So I guess it doesn't matter whether you're doing UFC or in a horse barn. I think they got side jobs because they're not working throughout the week. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking about AI earlier. Yeah, have you seen that movie uh, Ex Machina? Or uh-huh. X Machina or whatever. I don't know how, how you say it. No. But it's about that. Uh, they, they basically build AI and it kind of takes over and like escapes into like the world. Oh. Um, did you see the thing that Facebook tried to do, the meta or whatever, where they built the AI? It's coming. Well, they, they built the AI and it gained knowledge so fast they had to shut it down. Really? I didn't oh. hear yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh. That's scary. Wow. Like, that's a huge concern. Like, I'm not so much worried about like <laughs> Russia and like 
China. I'm more worried about Skynet and robots and shit. <laughs> Way sooner than that. I didn't think, realize that. Yeah. Wow. Do you think people will be robots like in those movies? Mm-hmm. They look like real people, but they're robots underneath. Maybe at first, like when they build them like that, but like after they get rid of all the people, like, what's the point? Like you don't have to wear fake like people skin anymore. You could just be a robot. I think it'd be cool if you're walking around and you just didn't know who was robot and who was, and it's like, I need to see your ID. I need to see if you're a robot or not. Oh, there'd be fake IDs immediately. Yeah. Dude, that'd be. What do you mean that'd be cool? That'd be scary, <laughs> dude. Like, <laughs> you're that, just like at a bar and you get into a scuffle and you punch a guy and huh. no, it's just. It's just metal. It would up the ante. Like, imagine all the things that we deal with now with just normal human beings, like personality conflicts and people not getting along, people being sneaky snakes. They try to friend you and, uh, you know, they got underlying uh, things that they're coming after you for for uh, in the friendship. Imagine if there was actual robots, too. That would be so crazy. You'd be having to worry about all the bullshit that we deal with with normal human beings. And then also on top of that, we got to figure out if you're a fucking robot. Yeah, but I don't I don't think that would last for long because I immediately robots get sick of our bullshit (laughs) and just eliminate us. And then it's just robots. You know what I mean? Like, you don't if you have a problem, like you get rid of the problem if you're a robot, like you don't you don't sign up for unnecessary things. Probably. Like the movie I Robot. Remember that one? Yeah. They just, yeah. And then the only person left is Will Smith and a bunch of robots. (laughs) (laughs) And you're there before you know it. (laughs) Or Terminator, like Skynet, like that whole deal. Oh, that was a good one. Like they built robots and then they just kind of took over. Like, yeah. Like your love making skills suck, human beings. You you end up going too quick. (laughs) (laughs) get rid of all the humans if robots get that advanced i don't i think the human race dies i don't think guys put up with girls bullshit anymore (laughs) i think they just buy a robot and then they're just like yeah whatever (laughs) and then like that's it and then vice versa for women and men yeah the earth will just be robots (laughs) like the robots would be so smart that no one would even try any bullshit because they can read each other's minds because they're computers. They just Bluetooth right to each other. They would definitely know what was going on. Yeah. And then <laughs> robots would build other robots. <laughs> like, I mean, the possibilities are endless. I, I think there is one robot out there, but not like a person, but they have a metal robot that they're working on. They, uh, you know. have you seen the, the Boston Dynamics, like the robots for them, like the jump up on the crates and like jump over shit. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Those are scary, too. Yeah. Like they show like uh, they, they basically built them to just do small tasks for right now. But like just small tasks, just jumping over a whole crate or a car. or Yeah. Yeah. Well, they started a small task, <laughs> but fine uh, buildings and shit. But oh, they'll just show small. Them, like they can write themselves like those shows a guy walking up and just like shoving them. And they'll stumble a little bit, and they just write themselves and just keep coming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. You got me scared in my fucking pants right now. <laughs> there he is, cowboy. Oh, hell no. 
Dude, I'll tell you what. Standing that's ovation, Cowboys. I've been to a lot of fights. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. I've been to a lot of fights and a lot of shows. I have never, I mean, like, I've been to a lot of sporting events, too. I have never heard a crowd as loud as when Cowboy walked out for his fight with uh, Tony Ferguson. I went to that one live. Really? Yeah. And I've never heard a crowd like that. What's going on here? Is he fighting tonight? I don't know. No, he's not fighting tonight, but... Did they just announce that he was going to be in the Hall of Fame, maybe? Are those his kids? Yeah. Oh. I was like, he picked up random kids. I'm gonna show twins. They look like That's twins. his wife. Aw, little kissy oh kiss. Oh, got a brand new another baby. Looks like a boy from the back. Wow, that's awesome, dude. What are the odds doing a podcast like when this moment that's that is dope. Like, I think that's awesome. He deserves every bit of it. Look, Absolutely. he's crying. He's breaking down. He's turning into a crybaby. The toughest guy on earth, planet earth, is crying. Hey, man. It's all right to be humble. That's no, for sure. That's, that's right, <laughs> he cries all the time. Doesn't say it to anybody. She got a crybaby jar at home. She opens up and catches every single tear. She said, uh, when you're gone, she goes, I drink from this tear bottle. Ew, bro, bro, and you're worried about robots. <laughs> Have you ever seen saw that show? Um, oh, what's it called? Oh, I think it's on TLC. I don't know, some show. Some it's where like weird habits. There was this one lady, her husband passed away, and she had his ashes, and she had a habit where she would eat his ashes oh! like, every day. Yeah, wow, gross. This was real? Yeah, it was real. Or it was so a movie. You, no, it's real. It's real um, people. What was my strange addiction, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So like what do you do if you find out like your aunt's been eating your uncle? <laughs> do you put her down? Like what do you what do you do? Like Thanksgiving's not normal. <laughs> oh, that's so that's just crazy. Like I don't know where you go from there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you, I've ate a worm before for my daughter when she was just like, just a little tiny. Uh, I think she was two years old, and I we went out on a boat and fishing. You know, I like fish, and uh, yeah, it was kind of like showing off. But you know, I always did these things uh, for my kids, Kelsey and Kenzie. They always were entertained by dad because I would always do um, weird shit. Um, and the one time I took a worm and I put. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Worm won't hurt you, man. I just tried to be a fun dad. Those will those will keep you alive in a survival scenario. Would you ever Your do... uncle will not. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever do Fear Factor? Oh yeah. Would you ever go Well, like... so I would do all the gross shit on Fear Factor, no oh. problem. What would get me is heights. I don't like heights. So like the first challenge where they're like up in the air hanging from the helicopter. It's that oh. bad for you? Yeah, I'm not even going. I'm not, I don't even make it to the helicopter, bro. Are you serious? <laughs> like, I get nervous watching the helicopter. Like, yeah, absolutely. I do. That is my biggest fear on this earth is heights. Wow. So have you did the, um, what's the goggles that you put on? And 
Oh, like the Oculus? Like the, the Oculus. Have I you have played one. some of that? Oh, yeah. So did you play one. the game where you get in the elevator and go up to the Empire State Building? No. <laughs> that was crazy. I did play one where I was on a roller coaster and like you gotta shoot targets and it goes pretty high. I don't like it, dude. Like it makes me nauseous immediately. Like I just I can't do it, man. So do you got the new Oculus? No, I've got the the Quest 2. Oh. So the not the first one, but the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the third one, the new one looks pretty cool. Yeah. But like I got the I got the last one and like I played it for a little bit, but it was one of those things like I wasn't like I was impressed with it, but I don't want to spend all day like in virtual reality looking around. Like I'd rather go outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I mean, it's fun. Braxton wants one of those. I was thinking to get him that for his birthday. His birthday is on Tuesday. They're cool. The uh, the new one looks like it's got a lot of the bugs worked out. It's not as clunky. Well, luckily we got a big front room because it can get dangerous because. Even though I got a big front room, when I first put them on, uh, we did it, in, I think, on Thanksgiving. There was like, I don't know, 10 people in the front room, and five of us tried it. And I got a big picture window on one side of the house. And, yeah, that picture window almost was broken because somebody, <laughs> we was playing the one where you go up in the elevator and you got to walk out on the plank. And we also did one uh, where you had to hit the blocks coming down so right. i don't remember the name of it but it was super fun but anyways uh you know when you're walking forward and you're smacking your hands forward that can get a little dangerous when there's a big picture window right there <laughs> just straight through it yeah i used to love those you see on uh when the Wii came out all the Wii fails where people were playing like bowling oh, and they throw yeah. their fucking remote through their tv yeah <laughs> i never got angry at the games i never no i don't them around i don't think anything. this was like people doing it on purpose but you're like playing baseball and you go to swing and oh, you just let it go yeah. man yeah. and it just goes through the tv and there's some seven-year-old going Oops. dad's gonna kill me oh shit <laughs> yeah i wasn't one uh to do that but a lot of my friends you know they would sit there and they'd be bouncing around and uh you know slam it into the bed or something like that uh i never got that angry over games i guess i was uh more controlled yeah Mm, i've had my i've had my fair share of depending on what game hey i'll tell you what adventure island that was the funnest for me on nintendo it was super nintendo adventure island it was so fun i don't remember it yeah it was as close to mario as you're gonna get but um you go around collecting fruit, jumping through the jungle, and, you know, uh, it was basically the same kind of Mario set up. Uh, that's what made it so fun. It was just addic- addicting. So nice. I'm going to show you that one time. Were you a big video game guy as a kid? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like Tekken when PlayStation come out. Oh, man. Played the shit out of Tekken. Yeah. It's a good one. And then... Uh, uh, what's the other one? Mortal Kombat. We played that. Tekken, Mortal Kombat, and there was one other. Killer game. Instinct. Uh, I wasn't too much into Killer Instinct, although I did play it. Um, Yeah, so I'm starting to kind of get into like retro games again. Uh, NBA Jam. Oh, that was always real fun. Like that's, yeah, I'll still play the shit out of that. Like. <laughs> Get on fire and you can jump all the way full court. Yeah, run with the turbo on and have your sneakers glowing. Uh huh. 
shoes get wings. Is that on the new system? No, that was on the Super. But they're bringing some of the games back, right, on the new system. Oh yeah, they're they're redoing a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I uh, that's the plan for that back half of that room back there. I'm gonna finish it and clean everything out, and I'm gonna get stand up arcade games around it. Really? Oh, that's the that's the plan. Sweet. Yeah, I've been looking for like, but I want like actual ones though. Like I don't want like those little arcade one up ones. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll end up with a couple of them. But I uh, there was I want a Galaga machine. Um, when I was a kid, my mom used to work at a diner down the road here that my aunt owned and she used to take me to work and they would, that's how they would shut me up and keep me busy all day. They would hand me a roll of quarters and I'd sit there and play Galaga all day. So any, anywhere that I go, I'm walking in and setting the high scoring Galaga. What every time. Galaga? It's the one with the little, the little uh, spaceship. And you're shooting and you just tap, Yep. And they're like the little snakes and shit are coming at you oh, yeah. and like the, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then like, if you. You could get sucked up into the portal and then shoot it, and then you get like the double plane, and you can, yeah. I kind of felt like uh, when you push the button, it wouldn't uh, keep up. Yeah, it depends on which one you get, man. So that's why I want—I don't want like one of the arcade one one-up ones because a lot of like the reprint ones and even like ones you can get for the Xbox don't keep up. But the original one had a trackball. Oh. And that button would shoot as fast as you could hit it. Oh, oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that's my kind of game. Yeah. Like Pac-Man, it's fun for, you know, a few minutes, but it's too repetitious for me. Yeah. My daughter's really good at Dig Dug. For, I, for no reason. I don't remember that one. I mean, I did play it, but I don't remember um, it real good. It's not really that fun, but it's hard. And she'll just, she'll clear 10 levels like it's nothing. <laughs> Are you axing the the ground? Is that what you're doing? Uh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Where you, so you're so it'll start, and then you've got to shoot the little spear, and then you blow up the characters like they explode. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the dragons, and uh-huh. then like there's like the sun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she murders me at that one every time. Like I don't understand why. <laughs> She's just really good. So are you filling that? Yeah, or not really? The bourbon? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Are not you a whole serious? lot. Serious? Like I've just. Drink this right here. Dude. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, that I mean, like, so we're like, I started it was like right there. I drank the rest of that in one sitting, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I could put you, some bourbon down. Do you have another one or no? Oh, I've got uh, a couple of them over there and then another one in the house. He's like, I've got, got different ones. Susan well, I mean, Gold, like he's one. got no, he I don't have any more of that oh. one. You've got some good stuff over there, actually. Yeah, I, uh. I've got my oh proper twelve. Is that any good? It's awful. Uh, it is the worst whiskey I've ever had in my yeah. life, dude. There's I don't I don't think there's anything left in the bottle, or I'd give you some. I think it's empty. I uh yeah no I try to pass it off on everybody who'd come over to get rid of it. Was it like it's it's just I I'm so I'm biased to begin with. I'm not a huge Irish whiskey kind of guy anyway. Oh, like I don't really care for Jameson. Yeah. Um, do you like Jameson? I don't like whiskey. So I, you're, we're drinking vodka. You and... don't like proper 12 then, because I'll tell you what, dude. It's like rot gut whiskey, dude. Really? Yeah. It's not good. So it's not even a good Irish whiskey. No. No, I would say Jameson is like, it's not bottom of the barrel, but it's like a $30 bottle. Like it looks so cool. The bottle looks so cool, though. It is, and I think they have it in flavors now. Yeah, they do. They got like apple or something. Because of uh, because the original tastes so bad, they had to put apples in it. <laughs> wow. 
that guy's so much taller than him. Well, I mean, not that. But look, they weigh the same. Yeah. For about four minutes. You're talking a five-inch reach, so he's got a five-inch advantage on the reach, so that's pretty good. You're right. One's way taller than the other. Yeah, the tall guy weighed 185 for about four minutes, and he's probably up to 210 now. Where are they at? Are they in Vegas? Yep. Oh, look at Michelle's nails. She said they really look real, too. They're reusable. I don't know how they're reusable. Huh. I want to try them, but I don't really feel like paying for shipping. So who's your who's your go-to fighter, man? Who's like a fight you don't miss? Like your favorite guy? Of all time. It doesn't have to be now. We're um, We're getting old, and the guys that we follow are mostly gone. I mean, I like the big names. I like Gaethje, Cowboy. Um, Gaethje's interesting, man. There's not a that guy couldn't have a bad fight if he wanted to. I just like the way he throws caution to the wind, even when he's gotten better. Um, he's at the prime of his whole career, yeah, and he's still fighting good. But he kind of still has his ways of doing things. Yeah, he's more methodical and he puts his punches together and stuff but uh he does still take a lot of punishment and he's just tough as nails so i that's what i like about him yeah that's how i feel about michael chandler michael chandler's tough i like michael bisbing as well michael bisbing was he had a weird look to him the way he fought but he still was a badass yeah and he fought with one eye for who knows how long so that is just skills and just heart and grit to get out there and want to fight with one eye. He lied to the commission for so long. Oh, yeah, for a long time. And I can't believe he got away with it. But to be fair, how many, like, down to the T, everything it was supposed to be med checks if you ever had at a fight. They're always missing something. Like I the the one that I I only I only have one and they uh were supposed to take my blood pressure. They're like, we'll come back. Did you fight in Michigan for your fight? Or... No, I fought I fought it tapped out here in Indiana. Oh really? Right there on you know tapped But it wasn't there. commissioned then. Was no, it? God, no. Okay, so is that the only time you ever fought? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was it was one of those uh it was one of those places where it was like, let me finish my beer. Yeah. And then just get up and go in. Like, yeah, yeah it was it was wild, man. Did you ever go to any of those? Yeah. I went to one tapped out one. I think uh Penrod was the guy putting the fights together and then I had two or three guys fighting on that card um that I knew they weren't my fighters but uh i was there supporting them and one of the guys one one of the guys that was supporting his opponent didn't show up so they was going to try to put him with a weight class up dude that shit happened there all <laughs> the time so 
was it kind of like the movie Here Comes the Boom? Uh, it wasn't as cheesy, but like it. No, it was wild. Like it was the Wild it, West. It was like it, it was, was fights. I mean, it was fights, and it was definitely people um, that you know were put up against each other. That wasn't necessarily the fairest every time, but if they no. wanted to do it, they could do it. You knew what you were getting into, I guess. Like there, it was a place like you could show up, and there's a very, very distinct possibility that somebody's dad could be fighting that night. The, the, like there could be a 50 year old guy get in there. The cool thing about them events was it feels like, uh, you know, behind in the back alley somewhere kind of thing, even though you're fighting in a promotion, it just felt like, uh, you know, something you could relate to because um, it wasn't, you know, arrows on the ground. Uh, you get called out and everything is sanctioned where your gloves get signed off on and all this stuff. It, there's a lot of direction. People know what they're doing. Instead, you got a lot of chaos in the back. And um, when your name gets called, it's time to fight. All the way until you walk out <laughs> to the cage. It's chaos. Just so you don't know what the hell is going to go on. Um, so so how did you get involved in your first MMA fight? Like what, what led you to that? And what started the whole thing for you? Um, well, I got in Taekwondo. I fought for uh, Engelmeyer Jiu or uh, Taekwondo in Constantine, and I trained with uh, my friend Charlie McNulty. He got me into it, and then I started doing competitions. And uh, you know, part of the competition is the forms, uh, where you know you go out there and you do your thing. You gotta know your forms, and uh, then there was actual. Uh, point competition where you had to go out there and joust somebody and barely touch them and that kind of got boring to, to me so after my first competition uh, and I did win uh, the next competition I went to I said uh, to Mrs. Engelmeyer is there anything else I can do like any real boxing or something so she would set up an exhibition match at the end and I end up taking on black belt Taekwondo um, guys at the end after the whole competition was over. Somebody that would say, okay, I'll fight them. And that's kind of how we did it. And then I found jujitsu later on. And then after I got into jujitsu, that's when everything started for me. Because once I went to Louise Filio um, in Elkhart and tried my first jujitsu match, or uh, my first jujitsu gym, uh, three months later, um, I was in the cage. That's how it went. I went from Taekwondo competing, winning, um, then exhibition mats at, at the end, and then going into jujitsu. And then um, that was kind of what led me into going into the cage because there was cage fighters there and they was connected to the cage fights. Um, and I said, sign me up. So after three months of training, I had my first match. And um, I'll call it luck of the draw. What happened was I got matched up with a guy that I went out and I knocked him out in the first round. And um, the crowd went crazy. They stood up, standing ovation, screaming. The rooftop just about came off that building that night. And it made me feel like a million dollars. You were hooked. <laughs> I was hooked. But that wasn't the end of the story. 
I came out of the cage and there was probably 25, 30 people that came to support downtown Jeremy Brown. Um, and so I, all them people were waiting for me to exit the cage and they were all giving me hugs and congratulations. I'm so happy for you. And then from afar, I seen this girl, she was running from afar and it was like in a movie. Everything was slow motion. I could see it. She came running at me and she jumped on me and wrapped her legs around me and kissed me right on the lips and said, I want to take you home and screw you right now. And I said, wow, if you can get in a fight and that happens every single time, sign me up. <laughs> so yeah, that was not my experience at all. <laughs> not at all <laughs> that's what happened in my first fight and after that happened um from from a guy standpoint you got to think like we're on cloud nine so the the whole crowd went crazy and I, I just knocked the guy out and then that girl does that and of course that didn't happen but for it was adrenaline rush like you wouldn't believe of course my next fight didn't go that way i ended up winning but it still didn't go with a knockout but for a first fight it went the best that it can for anybody and uh that's what catapulted me into the love of mma yeah that uh again was not my experience at all <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i told you i fought it tapped out um so I got kind of into it with uh, you remember Drew Atkins? Yeah. Um, so he he was like, dude, come watch me fight. I'm signed up to fight, you know, whatever. Um, and we go and Drew's Drew's a tough fucking kid. He was always a neighborhood bully. Like he he wasn't a, he wasn't like a a bad dude. He wasn't mean to people, but like if you started shit with Drew, like Drew more than likely beat the shit out of whoever started, you know, stuff with him. Uh, I'm like, all right, cool, I'll go watch you fight. And they pitted him up against Dan Culberson. Uh, I know the name, and I know who um, Drew is as well. But Dan Culbertson, I, I know the name. I just don't remember the he, face. He was around, like, early there for a while, and then I kind of really never seen him again. Like, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. But he had some training. So uh, I, I believe Drew got need in that fight and got finished on the ground if i recall or submitted after he got need he put up a good fight again you know for having no training or whatever so we go to i don't know five six seven of those and uh i start rolling with uh joe paris you remember joe he used to yeah, go over to my house i know who joe paris he's a real cool dude he uh, actually does a lot of fishing so i i watch him a lot on my facebook <laughs> it's a big yeah one. joe's great i love that guy um so i start rolling with uh joe and uh conan romersberger I don't know if you know Conan or not. Uh, do you remember, were you ever into skateboarding or anything like that at all? Or like BMX or anything like I that? I definitely hung out with skateboarders. but no. So they opened that skate park that was here off of Lusher Blindside oh, Sports. No. Oh. He started that. like mm -hmm. that. So that was his thing. And then so like um, my buddy James, who I skate with, hooked me up with uh, Conan. And, and then I met Joe. And so I started rolling with Joe. And we're rolling for like a month. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know what? Maybe I'll do a fight. And uh, I, I really didn't have any intentions on it, but uh, I went with uh, Josh Tavernier. We went to weigh-ins, and he weighed in, and then he, like, he kicked the scale at me, and he's like, what do you weigh? And I stand on it, and I was 221. And the next guy that gets up there weighs 221. 
Josh is like, fight him, dude. Fight him, fight him, fight him, fight him, fight him. I'm like, all right, fuck it. So sign up to fight him, right? Dude, 10 minutes before my fight, they switch my fight. And I fight Nick Wagowski, uh, who was like five and one and had fought for the belt there. So they kind of switched it up on me like right at the last minute. And uh, so you fought your first fight against a guy that was five and one. Yeah. Yep. And, and, hold and the belt. And the way he didn't hold the belt, but he had fought for the belt. Okay. Like I think his previous fight was for a title. So we already had six fights, though. Yeah. That's uh, the way it was back ten, then. Ten minutes before I was supposed to fight. And, dude, it pissed me off because the guy that was at weigh-ins came out like Hicks and Gracie, dude, didn't throw a single punch. Like, I'd have mopped that, dude. And I got thrown the other guy, like, last minute. But, like, how you were saying, like, it's, like, chaos and, like, dude. So I'm standing there waiting to go, waiting to go, waiting to go, and then they call fucking intermission. I'm like, God damn it, dude. I'm warmed up. Like, I'm ready to get in there. Like, I'm just, like, you know, your first fight, you're nervous as shit. And I'm just standing there for 15 minutes. Like, fuck. and then uh so i get in there and i didn't do like terrible i think it was like i don't know a minute 15 minute 20 something like that and i i held my own all right i lost i got i got choked by some bullshit choke that i would never ever ever tap to now uh but then so after that like i really didn't have any ambitions of ever really fighting again after that but then that's when i kind of fell in love with training and jujitsu and stuff like that and that's when I got the mats and when I started to have groups of people out and all that. So, yeah, I kind of went in reverse on that. So aren't you like supervisor where you work? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the correlation between fighting, having the courage to fight, and just the pressure of being a supervisor and dealing with the daily pressure, stress of being a supervisor, can you say that getting in the cage at least one time and also training and kind of becoming um, relaxed and uh, uh, knowing what to do in hard situations when you're about to get choked out. Can you say all that is a correlation that helps you uh, deal with your daily supervisor job? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I think the experience in itself taught me a lot about being a man and being a human being just in general. Yeah. And I I would say that I'm a completely different person because of that, and especially because of the relationships and stuff that I've made through jujitsu and stuff like that. And uh, I I would say that I apply that to all aspects of my life. Yeah. So that's what I always wonder with people, because I know what it did for me. Um, Oh, it definitely changed who I was as a person. And helped you deal with, tough situations yeah i would say all kinds of adversity because one time um i was dealing with the roughest night ever um and it was rough but uh i had been at this place for um 12 years and uh nine of it being in supervision so i've seen everything or at least enough um to to not be phased by anything that came at me and this was the biggest night the most trucks ever coming in to pick up uh walmart and after the whole night um by the way keep in mind my supervisor was gone i was only a group leader but i was playing supervisor role that night 
and had to take on this um, tough task of the most trucks ever in the history of syndicate at the time. And then the general manager comes in at six o'clock. He come in at six o'clock every morning. I work third shift. One hour before my shift is over, he came in and he has to walk past my desk and he walks in the office and he stops and he says, so how'd last night go? And I said, oh, pretty good. And he said, so you didn't screw anything up? This guy was an asshole. He was a, a dick. He always tried to run people in the ground any chance he could. He said, so you didn't mess anything up? And I said, you know what? I said, actually, no. I said, it went pretty dang smooth. I said, um, the expected amount of trucks didn't show up, but we did get a lot of trucks. And actually, nothing compares to me getting in the cage and having to stand across another animal trying to take my head off in front of 3,000 people. I said, so dealing with 20 people on the floor on my team that we're here to get a job done together and we actually did it in a very smooth way i said for you to come and say that i would have to say yeah it went pretty dang good and not anything can compare it to my cage fighting um that i've done so and he just turned around and kept walking <laughs> and that's exactly how i feel about it too i actually um feel like standing in front of another man the night of weigh-ins and looking him in the eye and knowing that it's either you or him tomorrow, which normally was a Saturday on Saturday, we're going to know who's the winner between you two are. And I did that almost 30 times. And that really made me who I am today and helped me to just deal with all the aspects of life, even the toughest. Oh, absolutely. There's no, I, I mean, you can't, until you've done it, like you can't compare the experience. Like people think of it as like a meathead thing to do. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like you get that, but it's, I don't know. There's life lessons in there that you can't it's get anywhere else. It's competition. It's not a street fight. It's not like you're going out and picking a fight with somebody and you're being mean or a thug or a bully. You know, this is pure competition, and there's a difference between competition, fighting in a cage where there's a referee that can um, stop it at any moment, and something you train for, and you guys are just in there to see who the best man is. That is the difference between a fight in the streets and a fight in the cage. And um, once you can separate fighting with competition and just a street fight, it becomes very different. Oh, absolutely. Especially where street fights, you know, it can be one punch and it's over. Whereas once you get gloves on and you can punch several times and whoever's got the most in the gas tank, if he's a um, seasoned challenger as well, someone who's been around the block, someone who's got multiple fights, someone who's trained hard uh, for this day that he's going to war with you. Um, it becomes an even battlefield and it's going to take more than one punch. So um, that's very challenging and uh, test your mind and your heart as well, because sometimes when you get in there and you get punched, um, you know, it's like 
you can quit or you can keep going. Oh yeah, there's two ways to go. There's I want in or I want out. And um, and you see a lot of times, man, guys want out. That's right. Uh, going back to the days that you're talking about, the wild, wild west days before there was a commission and before people actually almost always trained. Once there, the commission came, it kind of changed the game um, where there wasn't much of that um, guy coming from the kitchen or the uh, front room couch. Oh, yeah, there was none of that. But the competition got so much steeper at that point. Everyone was training. So it's like you knew you had to train and it uh, it kind of drove you, you know, whereas back in the day, I kind of thought that was kind of cool, too, because um, it, it changes a lot because for you to actually have to train and then go way in and then follow through the next day and get up and actually go to the fight, um, you have to be in the mi right mindset to make that all happen and follow through with it and not give up. Right. So that's what I was, I was going to ask you was, so do you think it's the actual fight? I mean, I know some of it, the fight itself, or do you think a lot of your lessons are learned from the mental and physical preparation leading up to a fight? Both. But um, for me, standing in front of another guy and looking him in the eye and just knowing that it's you or him, uh, on a Friday night and you have to go a whole 24 hours and wake up knowing that you're going to fight him that day um, and you can give up. You, all it takes is just you're already at home. You're in the comfort zone. You don't have to get in your car and travel to the promotion or wherever uh, you're going to be competing that night. Sure. So for me, I seen um, – you know, before it got commissioned, a lot of people backed out. Remember, there was people backing out left and right. Um, they'd say they want to fight. They might even show up to weigh-ins because they can make it that far because there's no fight involved. Right. But they didn't show up the next day when it was the day to fight. Dude, I've seen people show up to the fight and leave before their fight. <laughs> I've seen that actually, too. But, um, you know, towards the end of my career... Like I said, there was nobody um, that was just jumping off their couch and going in there and fighting. Yeah, was, all of that got weeded out. And in fact, I fought maybe in two fights that wasn't commissioned. All the rest were commissioned. And when I started my own team, Next Level MMA, um, I always told my guys that I would get them uh, the easiest and the best fight for them on their first fight to get them kind of what you would call a warm-up fight um the warm-up fight would be uh for a promotion in michigan somewhere uh that wasn't commissioned and uh there was a lot more people that were fighting that weren't training on a regular basis at the real gym now that you say that that was scary though because i remember that when you had next level going and you were who was that girl that used to fight for you um Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot and you forget her name. Well, yeah, because um, I do forget her name. So we were, God, where were we at? With the, what show? We were at the... Uh, that was it was the Pinrod. Was it, nine, was that it was the Pinrod show was, in Niles. Was it or was it 9.5 series? It was at Niles. It was. It was tapped out when they came back to the Niles Inn. It was Niles because dude, Jeff Holmes fought that, that night too. That girl got choked the fuck out. And dude, I was, I don't know what I was, If I, I think I was judging. 
And for whatever reason, they didn't stop it. And I'm standing on the fucking chair going, she's out, she's <laughs> out, she's out. Dude, they, she let that girl go and she was like fucking blue, dude. Like I, it scared the shit out of me. And I, I just, I don't know why I just had that random memory and just recalled that man. But yeah, they, she was a tough girl. Actually, she quit um, shortly after that because she got pregnant so it's unfortunate uh, that that happened, but and she never came back and never got back into it. But she did message me, and uh, later on in life, it was years down the road, and said that she wanted to get back into it and stuff. But, you know, I never heard uh, anything after that. But um, I think once MMA gets in your blood and you can face your fears and have the courage to, uh, you know, stand tall and do the tough shit that fighters have to do. Um, it really turns you into a new person and you kind of miss that when you get away from it. So I miss it every day. I miss the challenges and stuff, but it definitely um, built me to be a person that um, actually looks for challenge. Right. I well, look for challenges throughout life in my everyday life at work, um, after work, um, I'm I'm a competitor at heart, so I actually look for competition in everything I do. Right, but there comes a time when you've got to spread it out in other avenues too. Yeah, like you can't like that is not a sustainable long term career, and I don't think a lot of people that that get into that realize that your odds of of, of ever doing anything outside the local circuit is is slim and none. Yeah. And I think people get into it because they think it's this glorious thing, not so much the competition. But, I mean, you've seen it. People who think they're going to be the next MMA star or whatever and have two, three fights, and then you never see them again. Yeah. Uh, Once you get in there and you start doing it, if you're not promoting yourself, you're not doing it right, you know. I was one of the ones that actually uh, did everything necessary to – build my name and make me the best fighter possible not only in the cage but also uh promoting myself trying to get sponsors trying to get help for all the gear and just get the most out of it you were too i remember you coming over to the house and you had that dope ass mouth guard that you got yeah i actually that dentist hooked you up with dude yes, that thing was sick my dentist uh he was so awesome dr lee out of elkhart um he was my yeah <laughs> Yeah, got a free mouth guard. I can't remember (laughs) name for nothing. (laughs) I'm horrible. Um, But he made me two mouth guards. He made me, uh, no, he made me three. He made me two boxing mouth guards, and then he made me a jujitsu one that was super thin and super flimsy. Um, But, yeah, I got lucky. I just put my name out there. Anywhere I went, um, if I had a chance to talk about it, I did because it was my passion. And then once I started talking about it, I had something to talk about after I um, had a few fights and a couple sponsors, you know, it was something I could talk about. Um, And if you got those things to brag about, bring up or whatever, then it leads to other things. Once you get your first sponsor and a few fights under your belt um, and you're selling yourself, uh, people want to jump on board, especially if you got a good positive outlook uh on life and you carry a positive personality absolutely yeah i mean and you had some big fights man that uh i i, I recall the was it the ricky miller fight where you blew your knee uh, ricky miller uh mike junk yeah um i i 
fought all the toughest guys at 170. Um, I beat some of them and I lost some of them, but um, it's how she goes. It, it's how it goes, and I'm proud of my career. And you know what? I am where I am uh, because of MMA. And you win some and you lose some, and it humbles you too. So, wouldn't trade any of the experiences for anything. <laughs> no, no, that I mean, that's how it goes. Like I said, I've had, I've had nothing negative from any of it. Like all the training and all the people I've met, like it's just all been great. So, the difference between MMA and everything else in life, like when you walk into an MMA gym, you got the toughest guys and the toughest girls in there. And when you walk in, you're actually doing fist bumps, you're doing man hugs, and um, the, the camaraderie, the respect that you have for each other and your team, um, it's like no other. When you walk into work, you're with them five days out of the week, 40 hours a week at least, very minimum, and maybe years that you're working with these people, and people sneak, they snake, they hate, they do everything to bring you down, to climb the ladder, and it's bullshit. And the thing that's missing is simulated com- murder. <laughs> that's what's missing is simulated murder. You let a motherfucker know, hey, if this was real, that you could be this could be it. Like <laughs> I could end you today. You can't really do that with Sean from fucking HR. Like you I mean But the good thing is I use my teamwork building skills um, that I've learned throughout life using MMA and all the other sports. I've did all kinds of sports and uh, I utilize that in my everyday life. And I try to create teamwork and a positive atmosphere everywhere I go because I hate drama. I hate it. I hate sneaks. I hate snakes. I hate fucking hatred. Y'all bitches can stay the fuck home. And hate on your own family. Teach them bitches how to be little bitches. Uh, keep that shit at home. Don't bring it to work, please. God damn it. Your boy downtown is begging. I don't want the motherfucking drama. Ladies and gentlemen, downtown Jeremy Brown. 